are, if you have your Bible and want to read with us, we're going to be reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. We'll begin reading with verse number 50. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. We will begin reading with verse number 50. Sister Paige, she's got her hands full this morning. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning with verse number 50. Good to see Brother Corey in service with us this morning as well. It says, now, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to use verse 57 as our key text this morning, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to preach to you this morning on this thought that God gave me in prayer this week. How do you defeat a winner? How do you defeat a winner? I'm going to give you the short answer is you don't. Hallelujah. You don't. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We ask you, Lord, again, speak to our heart through your spirit and by your word. Anoint me to preach, O God, for I'm nothing without you. Help me, O God, to speak what you've laid upon my heart for this setting, for this congregation. You knew who would be here, Lord. You've ordained this service for us. I pray, oh God, that you'll meet every need in this house. There are some that couldn't be here. I pray you'll reach beyond these walls. Touch those, oh God, that need your help. I pray, Lord, you'll minister healing to those that are sick in body. I pray, oh God, deliverance to those that are bound in spirit. I pray, Lord, salvation for those that are lost in sin. I pray, oh God, the baptism of the Holy Ghost for them that hunger and thirst for you. Grant it, we pray. Touch us, meet us, help us around the altar this morning is our prayer. And God, we praise you in advance for it. We ask it in Christ's name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. How do you defeat a winner? That's what God said to me in prayer. And I said, I don't know, Lord. And the short answer he gave me is 
you don't. A winner, according to Webster's Dictionary, one who gains by success in competition or contest. But we're not in a competition this morning. We're not in a, com a contest. We're not playing games, but we are in a war. We are in a war. And the Bible likens our walk with God to running a race. One that we are asked to finish. And only they who finish can be declared a winner. Listen, some of us this morning are in a battle. And others, or all of us rather, are in a war. In a battle or a war... There's always declared a winner or a loser. That's right, right. Somebody won this war. Somebody lost this war, this battle. In 1 John 5 and 4, the Bible declares to us, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. I want you to understand the Bible says faith in Christ is our victory. And who is he that overcomes or defeats this world? The man that believes on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the victory. Who is he that is a victor or a winner? He that believes on Christ. In 2 Corinthians 2 and 14, Now thanks be unto God, which always, you understand what always means, don't you? That means every time. Every time without fail. Every day, every week, every month, every year. Always. Thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior, that is the aroma of his knowledge by us in every place. Always means every time. I was talking with uh, uh, Brother Shortridge. They've been in a battle. And I told him, all I've ever seen, all I've ever heard, all I've ever known of D.R. Shortridge is a man who walks, lives in victory. Right. Yes. I said, you've lived in victory your whole life, and I can tell you with assurance, uh, you'll die with the victory. Right. Why? Because Christ never leaves us. Yes. Christ never forsakes us. Amen. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There's only one exception in the Bible when it comes to losing as a child of God. I want to read it to you. Philippians 3 and 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. If there's a loss to be had in a child of God's life, it's not to the enemy. It's not the devil. <laughs> You're going to suffer loss in this battle, yes. in this war, but it's not the loss that you're thinking about in your mind. He said, yea, doubtless I count all things 
but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, oh, yeah. or Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ. Yeah. You see, when we suffer loss, ultimately it's so that we might win. Things that would hinder us. Things that would drag us down. Things that would keep us from being less than God has called us to be. We suffer loss, the loss of those things, but it's ultimately so that we might win. We lose the things of the world so that we might win Christ. It's a mistake to believe that when the things of this world are being stripped away from us, that we are losing the battle. We are not. We're stripped from the carnal that we might be clothed with the spiritual. Stripped from the worldly to be robed with holiness. Stripped of self to be clothed with Christ. To win Christ is to win it all. Listen, to be born again and filled with the spirit is to have victory living on the inside of you. Jesus is the victor. He's never lost a battle, and he never will. In Revelations 1 and 17, it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. What he was trying to say is, uh, I came, uh, I conquered, uh, I won, uh, and I'm alive to tell the story. Hallelujah. Listen, the grave couldn't hold him, and hell couldn't handle him. Why? Because he is the victory. He is the sinless, spotless, uh, holy Son of God. In Acts 2 and 22, Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost. Said, ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken him by wicked hands and crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. Yes. How do you defeat a winner? You don't. Right. He said, you crucified Christ. You buried him in a tomb, but it was not possible that death could hold him. It was never a possibility of hell coming out on top. Never a possibility of him staying in the grave. It couldn't happen. Listen, all the grave was to him was a three-day camp meeting to set the captives free. In 1 Peter 3 and 18, For Christ also had once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached under the spirits in prison. Listen, you died... As a believer in the Old Testament, they were held in paradise, right. awaiting for the door to be opened into the presence of the Father. 
Jesus, when he died on the cross, said to the thief, This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. When I breathe the last breath in this body, I'm on a mission. I'm going to walk into paradise. I'm going to take the keys to death and to hell. And I'm going to liberate every spirit that's been held by the grave in bondage. The Bible said after the third day when Jesus rose from the grave, there were seen with him many who had been dead walking the streets. You understand that nobody could make it to the Father without Jesus. Jesus said, I am the door. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He that cometh to the Father must come by me. The grave was only a, a, a way for him to set spirits free that were held captive. It was impossible for the grave to hold him. I don't know what. Listen, the battle for those disciples was is that for three days uh, he was out of sight. For three days uh, it looked like hell was winning. For three days, the devil sat on their shoulder and said, your master has been taken away from you. What are you going to do now? They were hid. They were locked up in a room. They were scared to show their face. They had been everywhere. They had preached the gospel. They had healed the sick. They had raised the dead. They had cleansed the leper. They had cast out devils. The devils were subject to them in his name, but he's gone now. All that power, it seemed, had been swept away from them, and the devil's whispering on their shoulder, your master's taken away. I want to tell you, look, it may seem in the battle that you're fighting, it may seem like ultimately the war that this church is in for the soul of man. We're awaiting the coming of the Lord. But Jesus, the moment that he gave up the ghost, he walked right into paradise and he was working. Unseen and unknown to them, he was working to set captive men free. He was working to liberate every soul that would ever come unto him by God. I want to tell you this morning, unseen to us, you may not see what's happening in the heavens, but he's never stopped working. The Bible said he ever lives to make intercession for us. And that through him, we are more than conquerors. How do you defeat winners? You can't. How are you going to defeat the church? You can't. How's the devil going to win this thing? He won't. Go ahead. Place his body in a tomb. He'll raise it up. He said, my father's given me power to lay my life down and the power to raise it up again. This commandment have I received of my father. Lay that body in a tomb. Put, put Caesar's seal upon it. Put guards to keep it. Let all of hell try to hold him there. You can't. You won't. He's coming out. Yes, I want to tell you, you try to hold that believer down. 
You try to oppress one of God's children. Oh, yeah. Try to defeat a child of God. Oh, Amen. Pronounce death over him. Preach it. Preach it. Try to press him down. You ain't going to keep him down. Try to destroy him. <laughs> Try to destroy him. Try to knock him down. He'll come back up. The Bible said a righteous man falls seven times and he gets up again. You understand what I'm trying to say to you? The devil said to me a lot of times, why won't you just die? Why do you keep getting up again? I can't stay down. Jeremiah said, I said, I'd never preach again. I was weary. I was forbearing. But his word was in me like a fire in my bones. And I had to get up. Hallelujah. I had to get up. He couldn't stay there. God can't lose. God can't be defeated. God won't lay down and let the devil walk over you. Behold, I am the Lord. I fail not. I have walked this way before you, and I have conquered every enemy. I'm still at the right hand of the Father where I went when I rose from the dead to intercede for you. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, because my yoke is easy, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and love him, church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Hallelujah. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God, I feel victory. Hallelujah. Woo. Victory. John 6 and 39, and this is the Father's will. Somebody say, what's the will of God for my life? I'm about to tell you. This is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. Hallelujah. Brother Ricky, yes. it's the will of God. That every man that comes to Jesus Christ, he said that of every one of them, I wouldn't lose. Out of all of them, I won't lose any of them. Thanks be to God. But she raise it up again. She raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me. That everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up. At the last day. Yes. Romans 8 and 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken you. That's resurrect you. 
shall quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. You understand it was the Holy Ghost that led Jesus to the cross. And it was the Holy Ghost that raised him from the dead. And the writer said, if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead also dwells in you, he shall also by his spirit quicken, raise up your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Meaning nothing will hold you down. The Holy Ghost will lift you up. How do you defeat a child of God? You don't. Wow! Hallelujah. How do you defeat a child of God? You don't. Don't you know the devil could have killed Job? He would have killed him. There was a conversation in heaven and God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job but there's none like him in all the earth? He's perfect and upright. Fears God. The shoes evil. And Satan said, I've considered him. He said, you've blessed him. You've blessed the work of his hands. You've blessed him in abundance. You put a hedge around him that I can't touch him. He said, but remove the hedge and let me take his possessions. He'll curse you to your face. He said, well, a man served God for naught. Will a man serve God for nothing? The only reason he serves you is because you blessed him with all that stuff. He likes what you can give him. He loves what you can do for him. That's why he serves you. Let me take it all away. Let me strip all of that away from him and leave him with nothing and I'll make him curse you to your face. The Lord said, I know him. He don't love me for what I've given him. He loves me for who I am. He said, you can have his stuff. His stuff don't matter to him. You can take it. The Bible said in one day, All of his possessions were taken and all of his children were in his house together and a great wind blew upon the house and the house collapsed, killed all of his children. One day he buried all seven kids and lost every earthly possession he had. And Satan is sitting there rubbing his hands, waiting for it to come out. Here it comes. Here it comes. He's about to tell God, I quit. If that's the way it is, I'm out. He said, the Lord is given and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Instead of cursing God, he blessed him. Satan come back to the Lord and he said, skin for skin will a man give everything that he has. To save his own body. You let me touch his flesh and his and his bone, he'll curse you. Stuff didn't do it. You let me afflict his body. He'll curse you. When he woke up, 
there was noisome boils. I was reading commentary. They said it's believed that the time length was somewhere between nine months to a year. He had this loathsome disease that affected his body, boils on his skin from his scalp to his feet. He'd scrape them off with broken pieces of pottery and skin worms were eaten in those sores. He was in such a bad state, his friend didn't even know how to console him or, or comfort him and nobody dared say a word for a while. His wife, all of his kids are gone. And his wife, the one person that had his ears, the one person still precious to his heart, uh, utters these words. Uh, Honey, why don't we, why don't you just curse God and die? Yes, amen. Come on. And I asked myself, why is she saying that? Where did that thought come from? The original thought came from Satan. Let me, let me touch his body. And he'll curse you to your face. And when Job wouldn't curse God, he put it in her ear. I tell you what, this man don't have nothing. You buried all your babies. What's he laying there honoring God for? Just whispered over to him. Just curse God and die. He looked at her like, I don't even know who you are. You speak like one of the foolish women. The fool that said in his heart, there is no God. He said, you know better. Amen. Have we received good from his hand and shall we not receive evil also? Have we enjoyed the good times and are we going to abandon him in the hard times? No, no, he said, I know my Redeemer lives. And though the skin worms devour this flesh, in this flesh, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to seek God. He said, I know that when this trial's over, I'm coming forth like pure gold. He's stripping me, but I'll win. I got nothing right now, but I'm coming out of this victorious. Amen. The devil couldn't kill Job because his life belonged to God. He said, you can touch his body, but you can't have his life. His life is mine. Your life is God's. Satan couldn't kill Peter. He said, I preached it a couple of Sundays ago, Jesus sees the sifting. He said, Peter, you don't know, but right now there's been a conversation had in heaven where Satan says, let me have that first disciple, the one that always does the talking, the one who's always out front leading. I want leadership. I want the man that leads other men. I want the leadership. I want to have him. What you want with him? I want to sift him like wheat. Drive that fork in. Thrust him up in the air. Beat it in the air. Fall down and repeat the process until I beat the victory out of his soul. Peter, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you yes. that your faith 
What is the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith, that your faith, that your victory won't fail. And when you're converted, he denied Christ three times. But a righteous man may fall, but he's getting up again. Hallelujah. When you're converted, strengthen your brethren. Because they're going to be tested in the same manner. Hallelujah. Listen, curse if you'll help me. I'm getting ready to close. Satan couldn't kill Peter. Because Jesus prayed for him. Satan couldn't kill Daniel. Throw him into a lion's den. If we find any fault in this man, it'll be in the love that he has for his God. Make a law that if any man prays to any God besides you, O king, that if he prays to anybody else, that he deems to be a God besides you, that he's to be thrown into the lion's den. The Bible said that Daniel, having heard the decree, went as he always did aforetime, opened his window, looked toward the east, toward that temple in Jerusalem, and he called upon the name of his Lord. And when they knew he went to prayer, they went to the king and said, we caught Daniel praying. To his God. And the law said. We got to throw him in the lion's den. And the king loved Daniel. And he said. Unto Daniel. Is the God. That you serve continually. Is he able to deliver thee. Woo. Hallelujah to God. Is the God. That you serve continually. It's the God you love. It's the God you pray to. It's the God you worship and serve continually every day, able to deliver you from the lion's den. The Bible said he didn't sleep a wink that night. He walked and paced the floors. He threw the lid off of that lion's den the next morning. Oh, Daniel. Oh, Daniel was the God whom you serve. Was he able to deliver you? And Daniel stepped into the light and said, Live forever, O king. The God whom I serve sent his angel and he shut the mouth of a lion. Woo! Hallelujah. I can see the Father look over at the Holy Ghost and say, You go down there and tell the devil, Shut your lying mouth. Shut your lying mouth. You throw him in a pit. You can throw him in a deal of lions. He's going to come out. How do you defeat a winner? You don't. I don't read where he ever got ate by no lions. I don't ever read where no enemy forces ever come in and killed him. How do you defeat a man like Daniel in whom the Spirit of God dwelled, the Bible said? You don't defeat him. He just stays there where God assigned him, there where God wants him until God calls him home. He lived with victory and he died with victory. Thanks be to God. 
He had three buddies. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. And those boys, the God-given name Hananiah meant God has favored. Azariah means Jehovah has helped. And Mishael means he who is as God is. Or he that is God-like. Or he that is Christ-like. And they said, when you hear the timbrel and the cornet and the pipes and all the music, and when the image of the king comes out, we need you to dance. And we need you to bow down. And worship the image. They said we ain't worshiping nobody but the God we were taught to serve and worship as little boys. They said you don't you gonna burn. They said we don't know if we're gonna burn or not. But one thing we do know we ain't bowing. Throw them in the fire devil. Put them in there. God is favored. Jehovah has helped and he who is as God is. And they threw him in there and nothing was burned except the ropes that bound their hands and their feet. And the Bible said that those were burned off and then boys got up and started walking around. God is favored. Jehovah has helped and he who is as God is. We're in the fire walking around and the Bible said, I just like to use my imagination. The Bible didn't say this part. Uh, I can almost uh, imagine that heaven and I said, Azariah, Mishael, y'all there, we here. And he said, what's going on? We're in a fire and furnace. Uh, we ought to be consumed. We ought to be dead. And one of them said, I think it's got something to do with this fella here. That was the fourth man in the fire with him. And the king said, didn't we throw three men bound in the fire? They said, yeah. He said, why are they loosed and walking around? There's a fourth man with them, and he's rocking under the Son of God. They wouldn't burn. How do you burn? How do you kill? How do you defeat a child of God? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar said, you don't. They won't burn. They won't die. They just keep living. You're able to stand with me this morning. Remember, I am God. I don't lose. I have conquered all. And I will bless you and I'll conquer your problem, your sickness, your disease. I'll conquer all. I am God. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody's in this house this morning. Satan has desired to have you. That he may sift you as weak. But Jesus is here in this altar saying, I've seen it. And I've already gone ahead of you and I've prayed for you. That your faith, that your victory won't fail. You're more than a conqueror this morning. I want you to meet him in this altar and lift both your hands up. 
I want you to thank God for victory in Jesus. You don't lose unless you surrender as a child of God. You won't be defeated as a child of God unless you quit in the battle. Jesus. Why would I quit if I can't be defeated? Why would I surrender to my enemy if I can't lose to it? Yeah.